Just listen to that a moment. That's a baby crying. Not that I like babies crying, but if you're new to us, that sounds like really harsh. But we've not had our explorers, our kids' work going for many, many months, and they're back upstairs meeting now. And isn't that nice to hear kids? Um, my name's Dan. I'm part of the leadership team here at the church. And, um, and over this, today we, we start a new series, and we've been looking at the, the Sermon on the Mount, and today we're going to we're heading into a new series, which I want to share a little bit with you uh, this morning. Um, over the last um, 15 months, our expression of church has completely changed. Um, church has become far less about a building and a service, and more about um, relationships, being the people of God wherever God has placed us. And I think that's a a healthy journey for us to go on because although I think we would probably all agree that the church is not a building, the church is about the people, we can still make it a little bit about, um, actually it's, it's about the meeting. It's about, church is about a weekly meeting. And COVID-19 stopped us in our tracks. That, those first days, church became live broadcasted from my living room. I'm really glad we don't have to do that anymore. Um, I, but it, what we have seen is we have seen uh, our small groups, our growth groups flourish, relationships deepen, and it's been one of the, that's been one of the highlights of lockdown for me. And the danger is, is that as we get back into gathering, as we, um, as we come back to church, either for those who are already in the room or those online who are going to join us in the coming weeks and months, we forget what we have learned. We, we slip back into old ways and old mindsets. We can make church about, actually, my, my involvement with church is coming to a weekly meeting, saying hi to a few people, maybe even serving on one of the teams, maybe giving financially. We tick that church box, and then we, we go about our day-to-day lives until next Sunday. And I think part of the reason we can drift into that mindset is we live in this individualistic society. The, the society values freedom of self above anything else. You know, these, you know, do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. Uh, you only live once. Be your true self. They're all ideas that come from this individualistic society. Now, you may be listening and you come from a, a culture that's different to that. Uh, many cultures around the world are not dem- uh, dominated by the individualism of the West. Um, but nonetheless, you find yourself here and you're immersed in this society. And trust me, it's one that can easily overwhelm. And when it comes to uh, living in this individualistic society, then what happens is we bring that culture into church. It begins to affect our faith. We talk about becoming a Christian as this personal decision that we make. We then make being a disciple of Jesus about those individualistic tasks that we do privately, like prayer or Bible reading. And even when we do things in community, like coming to church or going to a growth group, we do it for what we can get out of it. Or we we rate a Sunday of like how I found it or what did I get out of it. And the problem with this is this is not the way Jesus describes being a disciple. When the Bible describes the church, it doesn't use individual language, it uses community language. It talks about us not being a group of people who have chosen to follow Jesus, but a family who have been brought together by Jesus for a purpose. Ephesians 2.19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. 
And this is the idea of family that we're going to be exploring over the summer. We're going to look at what it means for us to truly be a family. And we're going to reimagine together what life as a church, as a family, looks like in the months and the years to come. I firmly believe that in a world of turmoil, the answers are not found in vaccines. The answers are not found in new laws, politics, more money, human progress. But the answer is found in Jesus and what he is doing in and through his church. That is his plan A, that we would be a family who see the gospel impact the world around us. We're going to explore different aspects about what it is to be family. We're going to hear lots of different stories. I am really excited about this. Um, We're going to be looking at how we can be a diverse family, how we can be a peaceful family, a committed family, a second chance family, a holy family, a restful family, a hope-filled family, a generous family, and a gathered family. Next week, I've got my friend who leads Paul Vineyard Church, John Clark. He's coming to speak to us next week, and he's going to paint this picture of what it means to welcome people back home. It's going to be a great Sunday. Don't miss it. And our hope is that as we explore these topics, we will be excited for all that God has in store for us as we commit afresh to following Jesus and we commit afresh to each other. This isn't a series that's going to tell us off. There's going to be some of this stuff that we are winning at. There's also going to be some of this stuff that we're just in the beginning of the journey on, and we're going to grow together. But I believe this series is going to paint a beautiful picture of how God can use us together as family to make Jesus known in Hull and to the nations. And so to start this series, um, I've just asked uh, just three people, a part of our family, to to come and share with us. So um, so, uh, Dave and Sarah and Francesca, would you come forward? Would you would people give them a welcome? It's scary coming up onto this stage. So we have to do like the COVID shuffle. I'm going to shuffle over this way. Um, uh, Francesca, could you come first? You can take your mask off. It's a privilege of being next to the microphone. Um, So, Francesca, could you just introduce yourself? Tell us how long you've been part of Jubilee. You might need to step just slightly further forward. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm Francesca, or Frankie. I've been part of Jubilee for, golly, I think it's about three years. Maybe even more. No, no, just under three years. Yeah. Great. And could you tell us, when we start to think about church being family, Mm. what does that mean for you? Yeah, I think it's a beautiful picture, isn't it, of how even though we're all on different walks of life, how actually we are united as family under God as our Father. And that's beautiful because actually something Jubilee, I think, does really well, just welcoming the stranger like the brother and sister that they are. And even as a southerner, I know I felt that. Um, And, you know, actually it talks about in the Bible, doesn't it, about how we care for the orphans and the widows. And I think, you know, um, widows are... Well, back in the day, they were the single women of the church, and I know that that's um, something Jubilee do really well. They look after single people. And I think as well, you know, the orphans, the vulnerable, the children that, you know, don't have the stable homes that all children should have. And that's something as well that we find in the TLG school and, you know, the Home for Good stuff that we've, we've looked at, and it's something I'm passionate about. So, yeah, I think, it's, um, I think that's really what, church is about, isn't it? It's about uniting us as family, as brothers and sisters, and walking together. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, Francesca. Give her a round of applause. You can head back. Thanks. 
Sarah, do you want to come up? Not really. <laughs> and Sarah's a little bit nervous. Um, take a step forward. <laughs> Tell us who you are. Tell us how long you've been Jubilee. A little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm Sarah, and I think I've been here about seven years, but I'm not really sure. Um, forever, it seems. Um, I love being part of Jubilee family. Um, I really do. And Sorry, I get really nervous up here. Dan asked me to um, say something earlier in the week, so I've been praying of what he wants me to say, like God. Um, because I can't really explain... Um, I said to you, I, don't, I know that we're part of a family, and I love being part of a family, but I can't really explain it. Um, and then last night I was praying, and I've written something. Um, so whatever insecurities I have about myself, and I have a few and they come and go, <laughs> um, I know that I am loved and accepted by my Jubilee family, and that means a lot. Um, and the other thing, I know you said it's not all about I, you know, it's about us as a family, but this is what um, else came last night, that the last year has been very challenging for me personally. And when... I told you that part then. And when I felt numb and unable to pray specifically about my situation, I know that my Jubilee family have surrounded me with prayer and have been praying on my behalf. Thank you. <laughs> great, thanks, Sarah. That's fine. That's great. And I love all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> she does. You, you can, can I go? <laughs> thanks, Sarah. Dave, do you want to come up? Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dave. I'm married to Cynthia. She's around here somewhere with a purple vest on. Uh, yeah, we came to Jubilee uh, just over two years ago. Uh, we came back from South Africa after having served there for 17 years. Great. And so when we think about church being family, what, does, what, what comes to mind? Um, I think uh, our African experience has coloured this a little bit and Psalm uh, 68 verse 6 where it says uh, God puts the lonely into families. And just unpacking that, um, you know, what is, what is loneliness, who is lonely? I think we've discovered that when you're on a mission with God, as it were, and you've been traveling a lot, uh, coming to new, lots of new different places, you start to figure out, if you've been in a train station, you, you start checking out the waiting rooms. You know, when you get off the train, you go into a waiting room, you say, oh, that, that's a nice waiting room, it's got nice chairs, you know, there's a little machine over there to get some crisps or something. And you start to realize, you know, what is good in a waiting room, what is a good place. Now, we didn't realize Jubilee was going to be a waiting room for us, because we're off again. Uh, you might have heard last week. Um, that's another story. But it's like, what is it that in there? And I think it's like, um, it's just the things that Jubilee has had and then just the, the people that God's brought us into contact with. I mean, we were initially without a home when we first arrived here. And, and so that's a good place for a waiting room, isn't it? Where the rain doesn't fall on your head. Uh, and also, it was a place for us to settle and to splash down as it were, having, having to be you know, out there for some years. Great. And, and for you, you, you and Cynthia, I know have been involved with um, making Jubilee a, a home for those who are new to the country, especially when it comes to um, asylum seekers, refugees. Um, what, does, what does it mean for us to be family for those who are newly arriving in the city? Yeah, it's been our privilege, um, and through Cynthia's English, mostly through Life College, um, 
about I don't know, 30 or 40 different people have come across our paths in the last, uh, last 12 months, I would say. And they've all got a story to tell. And it'd be great if they could come up here and tell their individual stories. But then most of them have moved on now. And many of them have now got their immigration status, which is a great, great answer to prayer as well. Some of them know God. Um, and, but in Revelation chapter 5, verse uh, 8, I think it is, it just says, you know, God has sent people from every tribe and every nation. And they've come across our paths. And, um, and, and it, it's been great a privilege to be, and they've been in the waiting room as well. They've come into the church for the first time, sat in their seats here, quite often with a mask on, uh, and wondering, do where, where do I fit? Where do I belong? I've run away. I had to leave my family, um, and I'm now here. What's that, what does that mean? What does that look like? And, of course, Jesus gives us that, that reassurance, no matter where we're from, no matter where we're going, uh, God is, is for us and like the starship picture those two words that have been shared today so that's very important he's, he's interested in every single starfish every single person he's interested in the person hanging on for dear life for the tree at the edge of the cliff and that's what we've, these guys have we'd love to be able to say that every one of them has felt welcomed uh, not by us personally but by you generally so it's been great brilliant give Dave a round of applause wanted to share a few stories and we're going to hear some more throughout this the summer and and hopefully what you've seen from those different stories is that that doesn't describe a meeting that describes something far deeper being part of this family is something far deeper than just coming to church 2 corinthians 6 18 says this is god speaking he says i will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters throughout the bible the church is spoken as as family Jesus calls God his father. And then he says in Mark 3, he says, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister. If we are disciples of Jesus, then God is our father and the other disciples are brothers and sisters. We don't get to choose who is in this family, but Jesus through the cross, he opens up access to the father and therefore anyone who chooses to follow Jesus become his disciple and now added into this family. We are part of this kingdom that we've been looking at over the last few months. And being in this kingdom means being part of a family. This is a worldwide family as we pray for our brothers and sisters in India this morning. We are connected with believers throughout the world. But it's also a local family where we are part of a local church and our family to one another. Now, this doesn't mean that the family you're born into doesn't matter. Jesus has plenty to say about honoring families. He has plenty to say about parenting and about marriage. But he also highlights the centrality of the local church. And you could argue if you were to open your Bibles this afternoon and open up just to passages like Mark chapter 3, that Jesus, you could argue Jesus views the, family, the church family as more important than the biological family. So yes, you are part of a family, but now you are part of the church. You are part of a bigger family. Now this means a lot. Because Galatians 4, it talks about being adopted into God's family. Now, if you're adopted, I know that some of you are here today who have been adopted, and you gain a parent or parents, but you also gain any siblings that they already have. 
And that's the same, uh, the same is true when God adopts us. We don't just have relationship with God as the father, but the rest of his children. And that's why it makes no sense when people say, oh, you know, I'm a Christian, but you know, I, don't, I don't really do the whole church thing. God doesn't give us that choice. Now, when we come to him, he adds us into a family. He also doesn't give us the option to pick and choose who we call our brothers and sisters. We are all family now. And being family also means we have this permanent connection. I am part of the the Friar family. Um, And if I choose to distance myself from them, if I choose not to attend family gatherings or ever speak to them again, it doesn't change who I am. I am still a Friar. When we belong to God's family, we are connected. But we're connected more deeply than just me being a friar because we are connected for eternity. The people you are sat around are the people you will spend eternity with. Just have a little look around, see what you think about that. Now, this might be scary, depending on who you sat around. But it's actually wonderful because what it means is that when God brings us together as family, he has eternity in mind. He is building something that will last. And that means that we can bear with one another as we go through this process of being made like Jesus. Because one day we know we will enjoy being together on a new earth with Jesus ruling and reigning over all things. We won't have the hardships of this life, none of the relational issues that we deal with now, none of those annoying habits that you have to put up with with the person next to you. It'll all be gone. All be gone when we're with Jesus. The vision that Jesus has for the church is that we would demonstrate the beauty of the kingdom to everyone around us by being family. Now, as we explore this series, I would encourage you to think about how you can put being family into action. We can't just talk about being family, but we must operate as one. What do families do? I'm sure you've all got some answers. Here are a few things that I wrote down. They eat together. They do life together. They support one another in times of need. They demonstrate love and grace and forgiveness to each other. They share what they have with each other. They bear with each other's burdens. They stand with each other, especially through the hard times. They celebrate together. They help release each other's giftings and encourage one another. They hold each other accountable and they help each other grow. They make decisions together. And over the next few months, we're really going to explore how we can make family the center of our life as a church. We're going to look at how we can make space in church life to do this with each other. And part of that, we'll be looking at how our growth groups function, as it's going to be primarily in those smaller settings that we'll be able to do family. It's impossible when we're all back together, to get to know 200, 250 people really well when we gather on Sundays. But it's in those smaller settings we're going to get to be family. And then when we come together, we get to demonstrate the the vast variety and diversity of family as we celebrate all that God is doing throughout the week. But can I encourage you not to wait until you are told what to do? Not to wait to start being family. What when, we descri- when I just described family, what could you start stepping out into over the coming weeks? Maybe you could start inviting people over to your home so you can eat together. We're allowed to tomorrow. Maybe you could go and help someone in the church who you know is in need. Maybe you could offer to pray regularly with or for someone in our church family. Maybe you've got to know people a little bit 
but you want to commit to developing deeper relationships with your church family so you can get to that place where you're able to be open and honest and share life together. And I realize that for some of you, the idea of family um, might scare you. You might have been hurt in the past by your biological family. Maybe you've even been hurt by church family. You keep your guard up now to protect yourself. For some of you, you are desperate for church to be more like family, but you know that every time you try, eventually relational issues happen, stuff gets in the way, and you withdraw again. Being family demands a step into intimacy, where we allow each other to see our true selves. A move towards intimacy takes courage because it takes stepping past fear. It takes patience to bear with one another when annoyances come and when issues arise. Too often when when fear happens, when annoyance happens, when hurt happens, what we do is we withdraw from those relationships. We go, oh, that didn't quite work out. And then you go and start looking for somebody else. Who could I be family with? And I'm going to try with them. And then, oh, an issue happens and I'm going to withdraw again. And what happens is you end up back at square one every time. But if we take those steps towards being family, we will get to this place where we start to understand people. Once we get to understand them, we we then start to see God's image in them. We're then able to start to celebrate God's image in them. Once we're able to see God's image in those around us, then we're able to truly love them. It takes time. It takes commitment. But the people who stick at it are the people who grow. Because being like, becoming like Jesus always happens in community and relationships. Take someone out of relationships, out of community, you will watch their faith dry up. Becoming like Jesus always happens in the context of family. So will you commit to this family? This series is called This Is Us. And, and look around and for you online, look at the person next to you if you, someone's with you. Um, they're waving at me on the balcony. Hello. <laughs> this is us. I might not look that impressive, this is, but this is the family that we are being added to. There might be a load of issues. We might be struggling in certain areas. There might be some real difficulties that you've been through to be part of this family, but we find ourselves here, and God invites us to be a family and to show it to the world around us. We are people added to God's family, learning to follow Jesus together and demonstrating the gospel to the world around us. I wonder if the band could join me. And we're going to do, do something in a moment which is going to show our commitment to that family. We're going to break bread. And I'm going to hand over to Phil now who's going to lead us in that. Hopefully you've got your wafer and your juice. But I would just encourage us this week as we reflect, as we're going to hear these messages, for you to start to think. Maybe you're new to this family. And you're going to, this is a really great series for you to come new in because you get to see who we are. You get to see a little bit about where we're heading. And, but if you're already part of this family, I would ask you to consider How are you going to take a step in these coming days to embracing the family more? Phil.